0: we
1: Welcome to the seventeenth episode of the Invincibly Supermassive Comic Book Podcast of Stuff. I'm Tony Guerrero, editor-in-chief of ComicBind.com, and with me this week is a man who's like all over the news lately—comic um, book news—and hopefully not like the, like the, the criminal catching news or anything like that. Um, we have the writer of iVampire, Vampire, of Alpha Big Time, and upcoming writer of stuff like. Like Green Lantern Corps and Red Lanterns, and he did other cool stuff like like Echoes. And so we have Joshua Hale-Fielkov. How you doing?
2: I'm doing great. How you doing, Tony?
1: I'm doing really well. So was was that intro okay? It was.
2: Yeah, I'll take that. I'm okay with that. Okay. It's funny because I still have more stuff to be announced, and uh. Uh, like it it goes against because number one, you and I. Uh, I don't want to spoil anything here, but you mm-hmm. and I are buddies. Like, we, we've we known each other for years now. Yeah. Um, and uh, you and I tend to have very open and honest discussions about what I'm working on. And so, uh, like, it feels, I got to tell you, it feels a little weird. Like, not being able to tell you about the Green Lantern stuff was a little weird. And now, not being able to tell you about this next thing I'm doing is a little no, bit I, weird. No, and, and
1: I, I totally understand the way the process works. And I, I know that you're not allowed to say things and I wouldn't want you to get, not that I'm going to run out and tell anyone, but you know, I wouldn't want you to get in trouble if like the certain powers that be found. I was like, you're not supposed to talk about that. So I, I have no problem with that. And, and it was cool. Cause uh, when, when, you know, I, I knew that you guys were going to announce, I had no idea what you're going to announce. And then when I saw the news about the green Lantern stuff, I was like, Holy crap. And, I think I even wrote that in a tweet when I
2: you did. You were so excited. I uh, I, I appreciate your enthusiasm for for me uh, has been uh, it's, it cheers my heart. Yeah, and it cheers my it cheers my blackened, loveless heart.
1: <laughs> that was the other thing because it, it was like right before Long Beach last what was it, October November. I don't remember mm-hmm. when um right November before day. they they announced Alpha Big Time, and then I am like, hey, and you're like, I can't even talk about it, and I'm just like, ah okay yeah
2: that was that's weird like look it's it's really strange, you know I, this is my twelfth I'm going into year twelve of my comics uh comic career um or year yeah, I'm in year eleven, so year twelve will be I guess in October so really year eleven let's just which will yeah a year eleven this is the eleventh year of my comic career, and i uh I managed to make like nine of those eight of those years doing predominantly just work for myself, like doing creator own books. Mm-hmm. Um, doing you know stuff outside of comics to kind of help pay the you know help pay the bills, and so this past two years, and then you know and then by doing I Vampire like you know truth be told, it's not like DC is like God it, you, you do not spoil what is happening in I Vampire okay like you know, they're you know they just they're happy that I talk about it you know, mm-hmm. um, but so now working on uh, working on the Green Lantern stuff and working on uh, the other thing. It's funny cuz now it's very much uh being on tenterhooks, hooks uh not wanting to not wanting to spoil anything you know so uh and not being able to talk about stuff and you know seeing uh having Rich Johnston email me about stuff and not being able <laughs> to say yes or no it's it's a very strange feeling. Uh
1: that's, that's so weird. I mean I mean cuz you know occasionally I do hear things and I, I I don't know I guess it's just that that's just how I am. It's like I know I could like post something and say like, hey here's this you know no one knows about this but you can't do that i mean that just
2: it's- it is definitely you know and the thing is is that it what it actually does it's not even so much about spoiling it it's actually about trust
1: yeah it's de- about, ex- like, exactly
2: you know we like we the, me justin and, and rob have all been on the green lantern books for like we've all known we were on the green lantern books for, for three months we all knew jeff was leaving for three months um and i think the fact that it's this thing where, like, we're all really proud that, like, nobody nobody knew, like, it didn't come out. Like, nobody knew Jeff was leaving, um, and so we were all. And I know Jeff was really grateful and really happy that, you know, it got to be like it got to be like a nice piece of news for him.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh,
2: but then, you know, to have it immediately be spoiled by like, we know who's writing those books. It's like what? Nobody knew. Nobody knew. We didn't. So we didn't tell anyone. We did so good.
1: I just, so I just I don't understand who who does the talking. Like, if if you know people are like, selling the information, or it's just. It's, it's crazy.
2: Look, here's the thing. And I understand it because we're all gossips. This is like the little known, the little known fact of the comics industry uh, for the fans is that we are all complaining little bitches. <laughs> like we can't help ourselves. Like, we all Because part of it is we all love these characters in, in sort of a, a very passionate way. And so there's one part of it that I think comes from the jealousy of like, I want to be doing that. Why aren't I doing that? And then the other part of it is just like we're all, it's so casual that we like writing comics compared to any other kind of corporate creative gig is sort of so freewheeling that I think a lot of times you forget, like, oh, right, these are million, you know, billion dollar franchises in some cases. So we should really, (laughs) should probably be careful with these and what we do to them. So I think it's it's sort of just a combination of that. You know, I think we're all a very talky bunch. And, you know, as soon as I got. As soon as I got Green Lantern, and, like, it was, you know, there's my five guys that I tell everything to and those five guys all knew. But those, you know, the, the trick becomes finding the five guys who don't rat you out. Um, so that's my recommendation. If you want to break into comics, find five guys who aren't going to fink on you. <laughs> also, use the word fink. I haven't used the word fink in years. I felt good. I felt really nice.
1: You can start using it like, have Guy Gardner say it or...
2: Am I? Got I'm totally on board with this now.
1: Yeah, that's his.
2: That's his thing. He's gonna just start saying "yeah, think" to everybody.
1: Your little blue thinks. I mean, I guess that's. Uh, we'll, we'll have to talk about that. Like you know, what I don't know. And that's the other thing. I was like, I don't know how much you can talk about Green Lantern, but um,
2: I, I will. I'm. I don't know how much I can talk about, so I'm just gonna talk about it. That's what I'm gonna do. That's well, my
1: solution. Yeah, but, I'm, but see,
2: I'm gonna do exactly what I just said is the problem, and <laughs> I'm gonna show off and be uh, prideful by talking about what I'm doing.
1: Well. I, I I don't want you to get in trouble, and I don't want me to get in trouble. Like why'd you? I I, I don't know. I mean, you, but you you know what what you, you should and shouldn't say. And, yeah. And
2: yeah, I have a broad sense of it. Yeah,
1: and I mean, I like, shouldn't
2: say I'm killing all my character. The the entire cast is going to die. We probably shouldn't say that.
1: Yeah, not not <laughs> yet. Yeah, we'll save that.
2: I am killing. I issue seventeen of I Vampire, uh, which comes out this week, yep. is the most killinest issue of a comic book I've ever written. Uh, my wife uh, got to the end of it because uh, she reads them when they 're done like she reads you know when the comps come in she reads them uh, she got to the end and she looked up and she went, "You son of a bitch, you just weeding me <laughs> so it is uh, it is real murder um, so I can say that i 'll talk about how murder i 'm happy to talk about that so again totally happy to i 'll spoil whatever about i' vampire no problem
1: so i' vampire official solicit there 's a vampire love triangle. Cain and Mary are getting a little too close for comfort as a plan to rescue Andrew Bennett nears its end. However, Andrew's got a plan of his own for Cain. Dot, dot, dot.
2: I'm going to say half of that is uh, still accurate.
1: I've been I've been doing this lately, especially with with with, with, with the DC it's funny,
2: people. It's funny to hear it. Where I'm like, oh, is that really? What that's supposed to be? Oh, I see. That's what was going to happen in the book. Huh?
1: Because Like, I, I, I talk about this with with um Brian Buchelato and and James Robinson. Because it's I I'm curious who writes this stuff, and you know we always go through it, and you know sometimes they're a little spoilery, and sometimes it's just like, wait, that's not right, and and
2: well, it's it's a combination, right? Like, so we we write them, like we write outlines that tell you that tell DC, like, here's what we're doing for the next six months, right? Um, or three months or whatever. Uh, and then those get translated by the editors into copy, into, like, solicitation copy that then gets rewritten uh, by PR and marketing, I would guess. Um, but that being said, like, in this case, like, that is the solicitation from before we knew the book was canceled. <laughs> mm. So it's a very So it's a very different story. Like, we didn't have room to do uh, we didn't have rooms to do a lot of that stuff, um, and so you know. But it, again, it's sort of organic. Like, I don't think people are going to read the book and be like, "What the hell is this? This is not where's the love triangle I read about." I was so excited.
1: <laughs> I was waiting for that just post Valentine's Day love. It's true. It's,
2: I do. I, I'm. I'm so sad that we didn't get to do an I Vampire uh, short in the romance thing. It's not uh, fair.
0: That they I feel like ran out of. Room. I
2: feel like we got stole. It got stolen. Bastards.
1: Yeah. So issue 18 then, which is on sale March 27th, says Mm -hmm. a major character dies in this issue as a struggle for Andrew Bennett's soul comes to a conclusion. Is that still accurate? Uh, (laughs) no. Find out what happens next after this huge (laughs) change (laughs) in the status quo.
2: Yeah, again, uh, I mean, sort of. I don't know. (laughs) That's pretty vague, right? That's vague enough. I guess. (laughs) I mean, at the end of the day, that might have, uh, 18 that might have been before we knew we had an issue 19, for that matter, because we got one extra. We got uh, I lobbied for a little more space, so I actually got the extra issue to wrap up the story with.
1: That's, that's um, nice.
2: Yeah, it's nice. But, um,
1: thanks for canceling my book, jerks, but thanks for the extra yeah,
0: issue.
2: Yeah, it's nice. I mean, it's an extra paycheck. That part's good, and it <laughs> uh, let's tell the story the way I want to. So, I mean, who I can't? I guess I can't complain. I could complain. There, I have complaints, but uh, you know, at the end of the day, you know, I uh, like the book. You and I have talked about this before. Like, it just doesn't – it didn't sell. I think it, it like teetered on the verge of you know, not breaking even. And to their minds, you know, the trade sold well, but it didn't sell that well.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, you know you're the only reason I bought the book at first. And then you know, obviously Andrea Sorrentino's art like, blew me away. And you guys just you know, working together was just phenomenal.
2: Yeah, it was you know, it was a great pro I'm actually I'm sad that he isn't uh, you know, uh Fernando Blanco's doing a great job, uh now that we've kinda settled now that we've settled into one artist. Um and you'll see the first of his work in seventeen. Um but yeah, I'm I'm sad because by I think Andre and I really kind of figured each other out and I think fourteen is the which is his last issue is probably the best uh the best we did together. Um so it was sort of like we were at that like it's all butter it's all gravy now it's so easy uh and then they uh, they took him away bastards <laughs> you and, bastards and, and But and that is, green arrow terrific yeah
1: yeah yeah um is he doing anything in 19
2: he is he's doing uh five pages okay. uh, so he draws the first and last page and then a couple in the middle okay. um which is nice so the book ends the book ends with him uh with him coming back um and he's fitting it in like he's he's pounding away on uh on Green Arrow and just sort of, I think instead of taking a weekend, he does, you know, extra pages for us.
0: That's cool.
1: Because the solicits for 19, April 24th, sad day, everyone marking their calendar. With this, <laughs> the final issue, will Andrew Bennett survive to dawn's light?
2: Uh, Yeah, that's okay. I'll go with that. That's okay. <laughs> yeah, that's. It's, I think you combine like 18 and 19 into one. That's sort of pretty much, the, the solicits for 18 and 19 are both sort of the solicits for 19. Um, But, yeah, major character deaths in 17, um, uh, ramifications of major character deaths in 18, uh, and then major character deaths in 19. Um, John Constantine, uh, I wrote, (laughs) we'll see whether it remains intact, but I have a scene with John Constantine where, essentially, uh, the going gets tough, and he's like, all right, well, I'm out of (laughs) here, which is my favorite thing I've ever written, ever. Because he's like, look, what's he gonna do? Like, he's he's got the world's ending. What's he? He's really just gonna stand there? Like, no, he's gonna go lock the doors and good luck to you. (laughs) Have fun with yourself. Um, So yeah, it's John Constantine's there for all of seventeen and eighteen. Everyone, like every, literally every single storyline, I think, uh, gets wrapped up. Like this is a a bow. I'm making everything a nice, nice, neat little package. Um, and so ultimately, you know, hopefully you'll be able to get one day, there will be a beautiful omnibus edition of the whole story in one book and it'll be gorgeous. And you will have to try and read it on the toilet without <laughs> making your legs go to sleep. <laughs> That's
1: the goal. And, and the vampire dog.
2: Yes. the Vampire dog, you know, vampire dog. Uh, he's around, I guess. Does he have That's a name? The, uh, um, um, uh, Mishkin, sorry, it fell out of my head. Yes, he's named after he's named after the original one of the original sidekicks from the original book.
1: Okay, that's right.
2: I need to check in. You make a good point. I need to check in with this vampire dog. I need to go back and look at nineteen, and make sure make sure that he gets a fitting
1: end. There's also that vampire cow.
2: Yeah, I know that, that's the vampire cow is like an Easter egg though. Yeah,
1: because uh, Andre he he, he, he tweeted that he out.
2: Tweeted about it. Yeah, yeah. I think DC was not impressed. We're <laughs> not. <laughs>
1: <laughs> out of mute. Franchise spin off.
2: Uh, it could be a team up with the Batman Cow. Yeah. With Bat Cow.
1: Yeah. And yeah, I, I wonder how that would work.
2: I love because he sent me an email and he's like, They did this in they did this in Batman Inc., so I figured it would be okay. And I'm like, Oh, I think you have a I think you might have a skewed perception <laughs> of our place at DC Comics, my friend.
1: It'll be the, the in place of um, Superman family adventures it'd be Bat Cow and Vampire Cow.
2: I like this. I'm on board. I'm on board with this book. It's a shame that Grant Morrison is is, uh, leaving to go do independent comics, because I think it's really something that he could really bring to life uh, in like a 60-issue maxi-series that just goes on, you know? Vertigo style.
1: Yeah. Um, I think also this week, speaking of Grant Morrison, is um, Batman Incorporated, I think, comes out. And I think people are going to be talking about that book. They've already talked about it.
2: That's what I hear. I uh, I know what's going to happen. See, like that's something. Like everyone, we all knew that. Everyone, I've known what's going to happen there for a long time.
1: Um, uh, I've never said it. I've, I've known for. I I probably shouldn't say if I've known or not for a long time, long time. But so I don't know. I don't know what you're talking about.
2: There you go. That's the way to do it.
1: Yeah. No. No. Yeah. No one told me anything. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so last week, um, shifting gears for for a sec, you had Alpha Big Time. I did. So
2: I did have Alpha big time. I'm so proud of that book. I'm actually I'm bummed because they announced uh, the Green Lantern stuff got announced the same day, and so my day kind of got swallowed up with Green Lantern stuff. When I really like, I wanted to spend time promoting Alpha just because I love that book and I think it's it's so different. I think it's so different from everything else on the stands. Mm
0: -hmm.
2: You know, like I I feel like it's uh, for me like it is the far far and away the most indie comic feeling. Mainstream comic I've ever done, yeah. um, you know, and I think and Nuno just so amazing and so talented that I, you know, I'm 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 sad that the focus was taken off it a bit, but uh, I know the guys at Marvel are all really happy about it, and the response has been pretty amazing.
1: Well, they they let me um read it like back in January, right? I was, I was like, they're like, do you do you want to read this and do an early review? I'm like, uh, yes, please. And so that that was that was really cool seeing it. And then you just trashed it. You were just like, I did not stuff. trash it. <laughs> You're, you're crazy. You
2: showed them. I'll show you.
1: And I, I even reposted the re- the review. Uh, since it, you know, I
2: was, you know, I was, I was hoping that you would do like a think piece where you're like, now that you know, a month and a half has passed, I've had some time to ruminate on how this book has changed my life <laughs> in, a, in a positive way, and you would talk about how you're now closer with your with your kid, and you found uh, you found the meaning of happiness all because you read Alpha a month early.
1: Alpha big and
0: time. It,
2: Big time! I was a big time number one, um, you know, and how and how set how it cured cancer. That was amazing. Mm-hmm. I think that's that's you know I, I said to Marvel, this book you should really be promoting the the cancer curing elements uh, behind it. Um, the AR if you if you do the AR uh, augmented reality app on the book, it actually tells you future lottery numbers. Wow. That's another. That's just another special feature that we put in there, um, just because you know we knew that the people buying the book were clearly the smartest and brightest.
1: Wait, are, uh, is there any AR stuff in here? No,
2: not. Yes, there is. <laughs> there, but I don't know. You have to look. Where? You know, I'm flipping to find out. I'm flipping like through it
1: right now. There's none. I know it's weird, right? <laughs> I was like, when I saw it. I was like, "What? There's there can be, I, I want to do those. I yeah. want to make. I'll make all kinds of things. They'll be crazy." It says on the cover.
2: I think they all say on the cover now though
1: I don't know I'm, I'm flipping through here I mean, unless I'm totally missing it, maybe I got a defective copy.
2: <laughs> for you, they took them out. they wanted they just weren't comfortable. They weren't comfortable with you getting all that augmented reality.
1: or maybe it's, it's the tricks like you need to scan every, or you know run your iPad over every page and, and try <laughs> to find where?
2: it. You really get value that way though you, know, you just keep reading it over and over
1: and over again. I always forget to, to check the AR stuff because. Um, you know, like sometimes if, if you get, it seems like if you get your comics like early in the morning, uh, then the the AR stuffs wherever the the however the app reaches the AR database and you know wherever that's at, it's like sometimes it's not synced up.
2: Yeah, I've I've seen that too. There's one uh, this week or last week. Uh, with Nova number one, there is an AR thing that is hilarious. Ugh. So if you have Nova number one and don't do the AR thing, I would uh, go through, there's a lot of them in it, but when you find the one that's hilarious, you will know because it is hilarious.
1: Yeah. I mean, there's been some good, like uh, Matt Fraction's and some good ones. Um, Deadpool has had some good ones in there. So it's, 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 it's interesting idea. But like I said, I, sometimes I forget and it's,
2: I mean, do you think people do it? Out of curiosity, like, do you think, like, anecdotally, or you know, from the site, like, do you think people actually spend time going back through the books?
1: I don't know. Maybe. I mean, it's it, it, it seemed for a while, at least on Comic Vine, that there were a lot of people that were were fighting with technology or whatever. Like, you know, like for the longest time, <laughs> like people didn't want to didn't want to do like Twitter or Facebook, and and you know, some people still don't for different reasons. So it, it's almost like, even though you know, we 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 have. People from all ages, you know, you know we, we have young young users we have people who have been reading you know longer than I have, but it's it's just weird that I don't know I mean I'm, I'm not really sure if, if people dig I, it
2: this look I'm just saying this is a future article idea for you uh, do you act do people act maybe you could do a poll mm-hmm. and then you could do a, a, an article following for specifically for my interest I don't really care about. <laughs> Readership, or whether you're even interested in it, like I'm just curious for myself. And you know, to be fair, I could probably ask Marvel the same question, but that's no fun at all. Uh, making you <laughs> making you do uh, this elaborate task seems like a much much more uh, fortuitous route for you to take.
1: No, it's it's a good idea, and maybe maybe I will do that. There you so, go. Okay. Um. So with with Alpha. What was part of the reason like you couldn't talk about the beginning because of the whole Superior Spider-Man angle?
2: Yes, because the main question everyone had is why does he become why why would why would he get his powers back? Mm-hmm. And I can't say well, you see, because Superior Spider-Man is Doc Ock and he's evil. He's not he's really not, evil. He's uh,
1: misunderstood.
2: Uh, I think he's, he's at least vaguely evil. I would say sort of. I mean, he's 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 uh, he's a great villain, you know, and I think. Dan has done such a great job with it is that the idea is that, again, like, you're right. Like, he isn't doing villainous stuff. He's doing heroic stuff. And he's more efficiently. Yeah, but, like, with a villainous mindset where it's like, well, I'm not doing it because I care. I'm doing it because it's what I do. It's I just want to get my job done Mm -hmm. so I can go and try and hit on my hot girlfriend, (laughs) you know, Uh, which who doesn't understand? Who doesn't understand that conundrum? You know, of wanting to get your job saving lives done so that you can go hit on your supermodel girlfriend.
1: Yeah, but that it was... You was... used to be your wife
2: right before you made a deal with the devil to save an 80-year-old woman. Yeah, she you made the, she that's, made, that's, she made mean, the deal. When I read the book, when I read that book, like, just in terms of setup, I see myself, you know, so...
1: But but where it went to creepy territories, like, when, you know, it wasn't working out, then he's just like, oh, I have all these memories, I don't. I don't need to actually hook up with her. Pretty
2: terrific. Dan is terrific, man. I genuinely, <laughs> to the bottom of my heart, uh, I think every month, uh, Dan Slott and Mark Waid are fighting it out to be the best, uh, the best superhero, mainstream superhero writer in comics. Mm-hmm. Like those two guys consistently produce just mind-bendingly great comics. Um, and I think you know, I think people will look back, specifically on Dan's Spider-Man run. As one of the all-time great runs, like it's it's top to bottom. You know, rereading it when I was starting on, on Alpha, like I've been reading it the entire time, and that's not just me saying it because I'm working on the books. Like I have, I have read every issue of Dan Lot's Amazing Spider-Man as it was coming out. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I went back and reread it, and again, knowing what I know now, um, and it's so just amazingly constructed. Like I don't, I don't know don't tell don't tell d c comics this, but I don't know how the hell you can plot something like that like that's crazy because yeah. it's so well done and it's seeded and planted like you really like when you when you see it as a big picture, which is hard to do when it's a monthly comic, but when you look at it as it, a big picture, like oh, this is clearly what he's been doing the entire time,
1: yeah. I mean, like right right before it came out, I I because I, I did a video on you know here's what you need to know before reading it and you know like like he pointed out you know, it kind of goes back to issue 600 and mm-hmm. you know when when that's when Doc Ock finds out about the his brain tumor and or you know all that stuff and and then you just see the the different appearances and like how it just built up and so yeah it's 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 crazy and you know I I I've said this It's like am I thrilled with the idea of this not really but am I loving it of course because it's it's a different take, and we're getting different Spider-Man stories.
2: When we, you know, and I was, it's funny, Alpha, look, I'm going to tie it all back. It's going to be great. Uh, with Alpha, it's this funny thing where people complain that, oh, when his, in The Amazing Spider-Man, he was awful. I hated him. Mm-hmm. You were supposed to. hmm Like, that's because Dan did a good job. Dan did, I hate how Dan writes that character. He's a jerk. <laughs> and it's like, yes, because he's a jerk. So what he did is he, he too effectively wrote the character by your standards. Yeah, so, and it's funny to then see with our book where he's the hero, where people are, like, genuinely, like, readers seem to be genuinely shocked that they like Alpha. And I'm like, well, yeah, because a book where he's an asshole would be horrible. <laughs> like, oh, great, it's a book about a character I hate who be- who behaves like an asshole all the time.
1: And and I, I think people are still struggling with that. You know, they're looking at, they're like, I didn't like this character. Why should I read this book? And it's just like, well, one, because you're writing it. And, and two, because, I mean, that's the point. You need to see, I mean, people like like seeing, you know, characters redeem themselves and, you know, where, where a character falls from grace and then, you know, tries to come back up. And, and that's what we're getting here is, you know.
2: I, I look forward to the point in my life uh, where I get to work on books where I don't have to, like, argue with people about the concept. So with iVampire, it was from day one, it was like, well, I, I hate Twilight. Twilight sucks. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I know, I totally agree. Well, I'm not going to read your book because I hate Twilight. And I'm like, okay, well, my book is definitely not Twilight. Yeah, but I hate Twilight. <laughs>
0: uh,
2: okay, I get that. I see that you hate Twilight. Uh, that's I, Like I said, I think Twilight kind of sucks too. Uh, so my book is not Twilight. Yeah, but I just I can't read your book. It's just I hate Twilight. And then with Alpha it's literally the exact same. It's <laughs> exact same sentence. Mm. Just replace Alpha with Twilight. And it's like no, no no like I get it. Like that's the point. Like it's literally a book about how everybody hates Alpha. Like that is what the book is about. You know, from top to bottom throughout it and it's it's about Alpha having to come to terms with the fact that he's done, he's acted like such a douche that everyone hates him. You know? Like that's the story. Like that's it's it's and it's fun for me cuz it, I get to be meta without trying. You know, like I'm. I get to do like weird Grant Morrisony meta commentary without any effort on my part because it's all just there. You know, um, so yeah. I, I hope people try it. I, I think you know Nuno is amazing and so talented, and he's killing himself. And every issue gets better and better looking. Um, and it's the story is really fun. Like it's. I, I feel like it's. You know, I, I feel like it, it. Despite kind of playing with the tropes of of a superhero origin issue, like it's. To me like I, I think we're doing some kind of cool original stuff and uh and i I genuinely think the book is funny. I know like we uh Tom Brennan and I Tom the editor um and I go through the book before it goes to press and we punch up every joke and like we really we're paying attention to making the book you know funny and heartfelt and all that stuff instead of just being you know kind of generic superhero book
1: now how many this is this a this is a limited series right?
2: F- yeah it's five issues unless it uh rockets to the moon and sales wise which i'm going to assume it's going to do so i'm going to announce without any of marvel's consent that i will be writing this book for 100 issues at least uh and i have an end game now i don't have an end game no it- it's five issues i think uh i think the hope is that it does well enough that we get to come back and do more um which would be terrific because i really like the character and he ends in sort of a I, I set up a whole kind of new status quo for him at the end of the book, as I uh, want to do with everything I do. I, I really like my my favorite things is to take these characters and just keep screwing with them in contingent in meaner and meaner ways.
1: Mm. Um, now Green Lantern Corps. So let, let's let's talk about that. So um, where. Th- See, this area is the thing. It's like I, I'm not even sure what I should ask you because, again, it's like what you can say because right now we're, we're in, in the middle of huge crossover because, you know, we, we had the Rise of the Third Army. And now we got the Wrath of the First right. Lantern. So it's like I could say wh- wh- what characters are going to be in there, but, you know, I don't know if that's, you know, revealing who survives and, you know, who does. I mean, I guess, you know, we can assume most people are going to survive or whatever.
2: Oh, I wouldn't assume that. <laughs> oh, 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 did you see that? See what I did? Yeah, I do. Whoa, oh, 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 oh. I'm planting seeds. Oh, oh, oh. Um, what can I say? My, uh, the, I can talk more. Like, it's easier for me to talk about uh, what both books are. So th- the idea, like my original pitch, you know, they came to me and they said, here's the status quo after the big event, after Jeff's event. Uh, what would you want to do with Red Lanterns? And I looked at Red Lanterns, and I read Red Lanterns, and, you know, my, my problem with the book is that it feels disconnected, you know, it doesn't feel as, as tied in with all the others. Pete's been, you know, kind of building his own mythology and building his own story off in the corner. And, you know, I looked at it, and I saw, you know, I saw, like, there's just so much potential to tell stories, but you need to have a mirror, you know, you need to have a mirror to hold up to them because if they're just off in the corner being crazy, they're just off in the corner being crazy. Mm-hmm. But how do you know how crazy they are? And the reality is that what they believe, what the Red Lanterns believe, is not crazy. What they believe is incredibly rational. What they believe and what they do is that there are horrible people in the world. And these horrible people take advantage of people who are too weak to defend themselves. So in the moment of despair, in the moment of, of the, like the lowest point in a person's life, that person will be given a ring or they will show up and defend that person. And they will save lives. And they will, they will protect the weak. That sounds like a good guy, right? That's mm-hmm. a hero. Yeah. So the catch to it is that when you act that way, <laughs> when you're acting that impulsively, you make mistakes. <laughs> Things happen, you accidentally barf, you know, acidic vomit on people. It happens. So the idea that, like, no, 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 like, they're actually sort of a better solution, just their methodology doesn't work. You know, like, their, their solution in terms of showing up for the, for the crime, so to speak, instead of after the crime, is totally legitimate. But at the same time, until the crime happens, it's not a crime, Right. So that's a that's a it's it's you're talking minority report stuff, you know, like so they're wrong, too. So the idea for me when I came back to them with is I said, look, the only way that I will write uh, Red Lanterns is if I can also write uh, Green Lantern Core. because both books are about the same thing. Mm-hmm. And unless you can show that these two books are both about the same thing in a really concrete way by having the actual push and pull. Be between the relationships and the the how these two organizations function, you know. And then otherwise, it's sort of it's not interesting to me. Like it's not they're not like Red Lanterns is interesting to me because of Green Lantern Corps, and Green Lantern Corps is interesting to me because of Red Lanterns. Okay. Um, so the two books are going to be lockstep with each other. Like it's this is I'm not saying it's not going to be part one, part two, part three, part four the whole time. But these are telling – both these books are telling one big story that is intrinsically linked to each other. Um, And certainly, like, the Red Lanterns will fight people other than Green Lanterns. The Green Lanterns will fight people other than Red Lanterns. But going through both the books is this question about, you know, reactivity versus proactivity. Mm -hmm. You know, because generally, right, reactivity – being reactive is thought of as a negative, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Like you're being re- you're you're you know like you're saying when when someone's overreacting you're saying they're being reactive, right? Mm-hmm. But cop being a cop being a policeman is inherently being reactive, you know. Like you're essentially driving around and then you see something happen, and you interrupt and you try and stop it and you try and fix it. Um, So that and and that that dynamic and what that means to being being a Green Lantern when you realize like well look there's those guys across the street are really doing a good job, Um, and it's it's again it's uh, like I'm obsessed in last of the you know I'm obsessed with a lot of these ideas, and you've seen them you know in some of my other work like last of the greats was very much about the same thing and the idea that, you know sometimes you have to be evil to actually get the job done sometimes you have to be the bad guy someone has to be the bad guy in order to actually protect people and it's that question of you know when does that you know how much fascism is okay <laughs> you know which you know is and i'm not saying any of it i'm not saying any fascism is but that's really sort of at the at the heart of it which is at the heart of all government all politics all law enforcement like that that very simple concept that's why when obama wants you know you know universal health care the immediate response is he's a fascist (laughs) despite the fact that again like what he wants is something nice it's something good that people want but because he wants to mandate it because he wants this is how things are going to work suddenly it becomes fascism DC, I just want to say DC Comics loves it when I talk about politics with my books. They just they just get they're over the moon with the light, I'm sure. they right now they're like, oh, Fialkov is really selling this book from a philosophical standpoint.
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm gonna be honest with you. Because you know I, I always am, right? Right. Um Red I'm Lan- cry,
2: As long no. as you're okay with me crying after whatever you say. No,
1: because here, here's the thing, red lanterns. It's kind of like my, my, my punching bag in a new 52. It's, it's a one book. But, but here, here's the thing I'm still buying the book. I'm buying it, but I'm not really reading it. <laughs> And, and part of the problem is – You're the and,
2: problem. You're the reason. <laughs> You're the reason. This, like, look, if you don't like something, stop reading
1: it. I don't it. know, but that's, that, 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 that's, the, that's the weird thing. I, there's, there's something about it. I mean there, there's been other books you know, from the, the first wave of, of the New 52 where you know, I, I tried them. Like, like Resurrection Man, you know, I, I bought the first couple issues. It just it – it didn't hook me in, and you know, maybe I should have given it a chance, but I stopped reading it. Same thing with the, the Legion books. I like you know old school Legion and you know I I love what like Jeff Johns did when when he was doing Action Comics before and everything, but my like my problem with the Legion is you know there's been so many different versions, mm-hmm. and then so reading it, it's like again it's just it wasn't quite doing it so I, I stopped reading it. but there's something about Red Lanterns maybe because I am a big Green Lantern fan and you know I, I wear a Green Lantern ring that kind of matches my wedding ring, and um so it's it's like I I feel like. Like I, I want to like Red Lanterns. You know, I, I'm still buying, it. and and you know, there there's times where it crosses over. You know, you got the, the right. the, the the big events and all that. But so that's why I ha- so now saying that I am excited with you being on the book because that gives me hope that you know that there's a reason why I've been hanging on to this book. <laughs> so so no no pressure.
2: You're gonna be look. Uh, I told. Uh- I told Jeff Johns, I pitched Jeff Johns what I'm doing with the book, and he looked at me and he went, oh, that makes me so uncomfortable. (laughs) I went, really? He's like, oh, yeah, it's really upsetting. People are going to go crazy. Really? And he's like, yeah, enjoy it. It's going to be fun. And it is like we're doing, uh, like, it's going to get spoiled. I'm trying to hold out. Like, it's going to get spoiled in solicits and covers and stuff, which is a, a huge, you don't realize how much of a bummer it is. That all that stuff it runs the way it is until you're trying to have like a big great surprise in yeah. your book. I, you're like, I, all right, if I don't tell you what the surprise is, you just won't buy it.
1: I I don't like the... I mean, because in my position, I should you know as soon as the solicits break, I should be looking at it to see you know if there's anything. But be, I'm I'm you know, I'm a comic fan too, and I don't want to be surprised. And there there's times where. You know, I'll, I'll read a comic, and especially like you know, it, it's easier with, with with the the smaller books. Like um, like recently um, Andy Diggle and, and Jock, they they had Snapshot from Image. Right. I knew absolutely nothing nothing about that book. I, somehow I didn't even hear anything about it. But it was like the day before it came out, I was like, oh, I love these guys. I'll, I'll buy this book. And then I read it, and I, I, it was great. So it's it's it would be nice if we could not be spoiled by that. Like you know, we we mentioned Batman Incorporated, you know, mm-hmm. a lot of people have been talking about that. And and it was even like like a week or so ago, like the, the the there was a leaked image of the cover. Like some right retailer that
2: is a huge, huge, huge spoiler.
1: Yeah, this, this douchey retailer guy who's, who's trying to sell it early on eBay or whatever, you know so it's like I don't I don't wanna know the stuff like that. Uh, you right. know, it, but on the other hand, I understand that from the, the marketing perspective, and for retailers, you know, they need to know, you know, if, if something big going to happen in this issue, they need to order more of those because you know, I've I've talked to them before where you know, like something happens, a character dies, or then you know, they get all these people coming off the street, and they're like, hey, do you have this issue? And they're like, nope. Then they're like, all right, you suck. See ya. And, you know, you you can do the reorders, but they're not going to come back in, you know, Chance? Yeah,
2: it doesn't. Yeah, just doing reorders doesn't actually accomplish anything because it takes so long. Again, it's like the comic system is just this sort of horribly flawed thing that, you know, we're so dependent on because right now there's no no alternative system. And that's not to say, like, I love comic shops. I go to, like, I was at, you know, three comic shops yesterday. Like, I go to comic shops constantly uh my one of my best friends owns a comic shop i have like five within a mile of my house um but that being said like the system meaning how distribution works and how the monthly works all that stuff just doesn't it's it's so outdated for how the world now works um and you know part of the problem is like look like with a magazine magazines just come out they don't say like I mean, maybe they do. Maybe they do, and I just don't know. Like, maybe they do say, like, we'll have Brad Pitt on the cover, and then retailers up their orders. Yeah. But, like, you know, the, the kind of, like, traditional, you know, magazine or, you know, distribution system where just the books just – they just go. You order this many copies, and it comes, and, you know, thanks to returnability, it's, it's, easy, it's easy enough for a retailer to take the risk because they can return the books. Mm-hmm. When stuff is non-returnable, like, of course they're not. Like, I, would, don't, I don't expect people to take risks on books like iVampire. Vampire you know like i don't expect that because why if i have to choose between ordering 10 more copies of justice league which i'll definitely be able to sell or 10 more copies of this weird book by some indie guy who writes books about child murder <laughs> i'm going to probably go with justice league you know and if not you're a terrible retailer what are you
1: doing and and i don't think people realize that either you know cuz most stores they'll have their their customers with their pull lists. so mm-hmm. they're like okay i i have 30 people 40 people whatever you know they want this book maybe i'll order you know five extra copies you know, to keep on the shelves cuz they don't want to get stuck with this inventory that sits there and it chances that you know you could introduce a new character like like uh like vampire cow and then mm-hmm. someone might say that's the first appearance. We, I need that issue. And then, you know, the retailers can, you know, mark up the price. But you, you can't just wait and hope and, you know, and be stuck with all this stuff taking up space.
2: It's also, you know, the funny thing, though, is, like, you think about, like, you know, the first appearance of Punisher, first appearance of Wolverine, or first appearance of, you know, Wally West, or, like, all that stuff, like, it, when they were coming out, it, it's funny, because now everything is made into such a big deal. Alpha, you know, Alpha's actually a good example of that, like, Alpha was Spider-Man's new sidekick, like, in mm-hmm. the, the build-up, and, you know, look, the build-up to him was certainly part of the strategy, and part of what made the character something people talk about. But at the same time, like it, there's there's so much less room to just develop characters, and that's that's one of the things I'm most grateful for with with I Vampires. I think we developed like our secondary cast. the secondary cast of that book got to develop itself naturally and over time. Um, and I think you know I I don't think I'm saying anything anyone doesn't already think. Like the the secondary characters are the reason why the book is good because Mary and Tig and the professor, like their relationships are so much more interesting than just like, I'm a bad guy. I'm a good guy. Mm -hmm. You know, there's sort of more to them because they're not, they aren't under the scrutiny that a lot of characters are when you have sort of new characters or reintroduced characters. Um, And that's the thing. Like, so when even, you know, even before, like with the Legion stuff, like that stuff that they're all looking at, there's a big, there was a cartoon, you know, so people know what it is. Yeah. And I think that stuff gets so much of their attention that a lot of the time it's almost, it's almost too much attention. Instead of just letting the books tell their stories. I don't know. I like, uh, not to jump all the way back to when you're talking about uh, Legion. I love Legion. I love the Legion books so much.
1: Um, the, like the current one?
2: No, I mean the concept. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, I love, like, I love the, I have all the, not all. I have a good amount of the, um, of the DC archives, and I love, like, Mark Wade's run was amazing. I think it's such a cool concept but it's one of those concepts that it it's never really sparked enough to be able to stand on its own so it gets kind of mired in continuity and you know it's hard to it's hard to do
0: mm-hmm.
2: which is a lot of comics like again it's it's hard to do new and different and you know to to go back to alpha like look at the reaction <laughs> look at the like the people have this like blind hatred <laughs> when at the same time their biggest complaint is like oh comics are so boring
0: mm-hmm. they never
2: try anything new and it's like this dude created a superhero, who, by the way, probably the most powerful being in the Marvel Universe. <laughs> he created this character, and he made him a dick. That is, that is great. That's something you don't see in superhero comics.
1: Yeah. You
2: know? Like, that is new and bold and different.
1: The, the other thing, going back to the solicits, it's, you know, it's like you have this three-month window. So, like, this week, we, we have um, Emerald City Comic Con. And so when you do the interviews, you can only talk about stuff that's going to happen in the next three months. And, and even that, and, you're but kind even, of limited.
0: But, but
2: even then, like, look at, again, like, we're talking about Green Lantern stuff. <laughs> like, that first issue doesn't come out for four months.
1: Yeah. So it's like, you know, that's crazy. Like, like who, who's going to be in the first issue, your first issue. Uh, you'll have to wait and see, you know? Yeah. And, and, you know, I, I talk about it, like, is Guy Gardner going to be in there or is he going to die? And, and, you know, next month and, you know, you can't talk you about
2: better it. better not. That's going to be a problem for us. <laughs> I'm going to have to talk to somebody if that happens.
1: <laughs> Cause, yes. Because he's your, your new think.
2: He's my, he's my guy, man. The, I love.
1: He's going to uh, be
2: guy, calling Gardner, guy Gardner. I remember like the, the, the earliest Green Lantern comics. I actually said my first Green Lantern comics were the Ron Mars, uh, Kyle stuff.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, but then, as I started going back, like, I don't think I knew that Hal was a Green Lantern. <laughs> I just thought it was Guy. Um, and then I started, you know, and I read Warrior and all that stuff. Like, it really, it really did something for me. Like, I, it, it's really stuck with me through the years. Like, he's such a great character because he's, he's an also-rand. Like, can you imagine the life you lead knowing that you were the second choice?
0: hmm
2: You know? <laughs> like... So this other guy, this other guy gets everything, and I am the other guy. Like I'm the the schmuck holding the flowers, you know. I like it's it just resonates with me, and I think I think that's part of why, for being a secondary character, I think it's part of why people have so much passion for Guy, is that he he is that right? Like he's he's how we all feel most of the time,
0: mm-hmm.
2: you know.
1: So um, as I mentioned, Emerald City. Uh, what are your plans? for the convention, like, are you going to have a table? Are you
2: do have doing a panels? Table. I do have a table, but I'm also very lazy, so I'm not, I don't know that I'm bringing anything with me. Like, I think I'm just bringing, I'm bringing my family. That's what I'm bringing. Uh, I will sell time with my family if you want. Uh, I will not actually sell my family, but I will <laughs> sell time with them, which is, I think, classy on my part. Um, yeah, so I'm going to be there. I'm signing, I should be signing at DC and Marvel and panels and all that stuff. I don't really know yet, I think. They they spend so much of their energy focused on San Diego that all the other shows uh, they just sort of run into like a like a house on fire <laughs> like go just go just set it up what do we fine.
1: Because um, I I've never been to Emerald City so I'm I'm yeah, super excited.
2: It is if you if you are sitting at home right now thinking to yourself like oh I'm so pissed I didn't get Comic Con tickets. Uh, listen, here's what you do: go take all that money that you were going to spend on your hotel and air <laughs> uh, to your, just your hotel is enough to cover the trip and uh, the the airfare, the hotel, and food the whole time uh, for Emerald City. And Emerald City is far and away the most, like, it is filled with creators.
1: I mean,
0: you know. Everybody's
2: everybody's happy to be there. Uh, Jim Demonakis, who, you know, runs the show, is beloved by us. Like, everyone loves that guy. And so, because of that, everybody wants to be there. Um. You know, like, it's some it's something that everyone is... Everybody who goes is just thrilled, and they run the show so well that everyone's in a good mood. Um, and it's crowded enough that we're all busy, but we're, like, so we're not just sitting there, like, at some regional shows where you just sort of sit there picking your nose. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's also not that busy that you don't actually get to spend time with fans. Um, which, actually, like, part of it is that we like seeing each other, because we all work alone in our little closets.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um but, you know, a lot of it is, like, we, we work in a vacuum, and so getting to actually spend time with people and talk to them about what we're doing and what reverberates with them and, you know, what works for them and what doesn't is, like, it's a big plus for us, you know? So, yeah. So, look, if you're sitting at home and you have a $5,000 Comic-Con <laughs> um, <laughs> $5,000 Comic-Con bill in your pocket, uh, go and do this instead.
1: You can it's- do it way cheaper, yeah, because, I mean, i I, I'm I'm the only one going from from Comic Vine, and so I mean it's just going to be me and a camera and a like a tripod or whatever, and it's 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 not costing that much from here, and but where I'm looking at it is like I, I'm I'm trying to figure out like what exactly I'm going to cover because it does seem like there's going to be a lot going on there. I mean
2: yeah, I mean it's it, again yeah, like it's it's really it's like the it's got to be. I'm trying to, like, before, I don't want to speak out of turn because I'm friends with so many guys who run conventions, but, like, it's got to be the most uh, individual, you know, most creators there on their own of any show in the country. Like, because we're just, you know, and everyone everyone has a table, as opposed to a Comic-Con where it's, like, you have to show up at you have to be waiting in line with the red ticket at the DC booth at 11 o'clock to meet Jim Lee at 4. You know, like, instead, it's really just like, we go and sign at the booths, but then we all have tables, so everyone sort of is there the whole time and is around.
1: So, so I know DC is going to have a presence there. It, is Marvel? Do you know?
2: I, don't, I know they have a bunch of panels. I don't think they set up though. Yeah, I, I, could have,
1: be I haven't talked to them yet.
0: So, I guess
2: no, they have. I know there's a bunch of. I know like CB is going to be there. I believe. Yeah. So there'll be there'll be panels. There will be panels, and there will be blood.
1: I, I I never make it to the panels, which is the the sad part of my job.
0: You know, yeah, I
2: miss it. I'm like, I miss that part where I got to go and see stuff.
0: Yeah, cause, because
2: cause, you, it's this funny thing where you're in like, you're feet away from you know people that you love that you want to hear like listen to and talk to, and you know stuff that you're excited about, movies and TV shows and all that stuff. And uh, instead, you spend the entire time just sitting behind a table, which yeah. again is great when people actually care about what you do. That's been the biggest. <laughs> That's been sort of the biggest transition for me that's been so weird is working on and it's literally been like, you know, however long since the books were announced. Um it's weird to work on stuff that people have such a heightened awareness of. Um as opposed to a Vampire that like we have these passionate fans, but uh you know, they're passionate they're, they're passionate fans and they're wonderful and they're great, uh but there's just fewer of them. <laughs> there's so many fewer of them. Uh whereas Green Lantern like I just get uh, people uh telling me things about the characters on Twitter <laughs> all day. Uh, you know, like, just so we're aware, you know, uh, John Stewart is an architect, so make sure you write him like an architect. Like, well, all right, <laughs> I'm going to do that. I don't want
1: to... <laughs> he's going to be saying think. You. Calling You're everyone
2: to He's going he's gonna to be very organized. He's going to have a plan for everything that he does. It's going to be... That's all. There you go. Done.
1: <laughs> <sighs> um, J.N. Speck on Twitter, he asked, um, he wants to know how you got started in comics. And who your favorite superhero is?
2: Uh, my favorite superhero is Shazam, uh, or as he's really called, Captain Marvel. Uh, yeah. I love Captain Marvel. Like there is, uh, there is nothing else. Like he's, I believe, I believe him to be the sort of the the greatest invention of the Golden Age because um, he's he's perfect. Like he's just such a perfect character. Um, I started in comics. Let's see. Uh, I did. I wanted to work in Congress. So I started. Uh, wow, I'm trying to think how far back I have to go. This is a because it's a long story. I, uh, I sold a TV pilot when I was in college, and uh, we sold this pilot. And uh, I, li- I lived in Boston. I had a writing partner, and my writing partner and I uh, we sold the pilot. We packed up. We quit our jobs. Packed up our stuff, uh, and headed cross country. And by the time we got from Boston to Los Angeles. Uh, everything had fallen apart. (laughs) Like There was just nothing. It was gone. And um, this was all sort of right around September 11th. And uh, I don't know if you've noticed this, Tony. I write really dark stuff.
1: Um, I've kind of noticed that a
2: little. And college-age Josh, uh, who uh, didn't have a delightful daughter and wife to cheer him up, uh, even darker, like really just pitch-black stuff. And so it, we couldn't find, like, we just couldn't get representation. We couldn't get anything. And, you know, more to the point, I come from I come from theater. I have a theater background. And I come from theater in the way that I cannot stand just writing. Like, I, I want to produce. I want to have a finished product. Because um, to me, scripts are nothing. Like, right, you can spec a script and it's meaningless. Like, what matters is the movie or the play or the, you know. So I was sort of getting, you know, I was working like three jobs, trying to make ends meet, and getting more and more frustrated. And I had an upstairs neighbor uh, who was uh, who got me a job, so I was working with him and living right below him. And he uh, he was a big comic nerd, um, and he sort of like I'd go with him to lunch from work, and we'd go go to the comic store. Um, and this was right around so this was two thousand and one, two thousand and two, early two thousand and two, and. I instantly fell back in love with comics. Like I was enamored with them because that was Brian K. Vaughn and Brian Bendis and Ed Brubaker and Greg Rucka. And that was the dawn. So this, this was a, this was a great time, you know, like that was when Bendis and Brian K. Vaughn and Ed Brubaker and Greg Rucka and all those guys were sort of coming into their own, you know, at, at both Marvel and DC. Um, and you know, it's Kirk, Kirkman was starting out, like everyone, you know, an image was starting to have these amazing books and it like instantly clicked with me like, Oh, this is something I can do like this. I, I can make these and I will be able to create from beginning, you know, from beginning to start to finish my own stories. And so, uh, and I was lucky enough to work with another guy who was also a comic fan, who was sort of looking for you know a business. Like he wanted to kind of try and start his own business, and the two of us set up a small press. Um, actually, before that, I did I started doing web comics, and the web comics actually did like surprisingly well. Um, it's actually if you search if you search for my last name and poorly drawn animals, you will get a copy. The PDF will show up. Um, of the complete thing and it's it was literally just a three-panel gag strip uh that i did for the better part of two or three years um and during that time i was making mini comics and i was teaching myself how to write comics um and i would you know if i didn't i couldn't find artists so i would just do everything myself um and learning to tell comics with literally no resources (laughs) when it's just my like i can't draw at all um and so I literally taught myself how to, how to do it. And then while I was doing that, I was working on, I started putting together uh, an anthology book called Western Tales of Terror. And I had met, through doing conventions with these mini-comics, I'd met guys like Steve Niles and Phil Hester um, and Stuart Moore, um, Kieran Dwyer. Like I just met more and more guys and built up enough, built up enough goodwill that I got them all to come and contribute stories for this anthology book. And then, while doing it, I met Noel Toazon, um, who ended up becoming the artist on both Elks Run and Tumor. And uh, then I just spent another nine years working, and here I am! Hooray! I skipped through the I skipped through the interesting part. Do you like that? Do you like how I really just focused on the less interesting part—the <laughs> part where I'm like, "Oh, I just I learned how to do stuff, and then uh, things happened, and here you go."
1: Because I I think I I first became aware of you was when you're at the, the top cow stuff, the, the pilot season.
2: Yes. And as did most people, um, yeah, the, the top cow, like top cow was, I mean, I did, I had done Elks run by then. I worked Mm -hmm. on Vampirella, um, and I'd been like just sort of developing stuff and trying to sell stuff. I think tumor had probably already started, had already been, was at least being worked on. Um, yeah, and the Top Cow stuff was great, man. It, like, I'm so grateful to those guys. They were really great to work with, and I feel like I learned, uh, you know, I learned a lot with, you know, uh, Rob Levin, who was my editor there, who's one of my best friends now. Uh, you know, Rob taught me so much about writing, um, and writing for people. You know, like learning, like the, the biggest, the biggest trick to what we do is to, you have to learn to be passionate about stuff. While at the same time understanding that you have almost no say, <laughs> that this is a cor- again a corporately owned property that you know we are lucky enough um, that we are lucky enough to get to play with for a little bit,
0: hmm. and
2: learning to learning that dichotomy of how to put your passion into something that is a job um, is, is a lot of the trick. Hmm. That being said, I wonder maybe other people do actually just put all their passion into their jobs. And I just don't think of it that way because I know I worked a lot of office jobs and had very little passion.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, that's. I, I guess I. I, th- I think I, I put some passion into this. You know, when I'm spending you know twelve, fourteen hours a day doing stuff on the site and, and that, but.
2: But this is your. But this isn't a job for you. No, nah, I guess that's maybe the delineation, right? Like the differences between a job versus a career. A career is the thing that you love that you put your passion into. A job is. That thing you do, yeah, to pay the bills, yeah,
0: you know? yeah.
2: And sometimes you're lucky if that they're both the same thing.
1: Yeah, I, um, I'm extremely lucky.
2: Yeah, and that's you know like with comics, like it's no matter how frustrated or irritated or you know no matter how much pressure you're under. At the end of the day, like I have a bunch of toys on my desk, mm-hmm. uh, and they are tax write-offs. <laughs> you know, like that's what I do. That's what I do for a living. I, you know, I have long boxes filled with comics that I pay money for and can read, and I am working. It's amazing. Like it's 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 so great and getting to play with the characters. And you know, like I've gotten to write. I've written Batman, Superman, Wolverine, Spider Man, uh, Marvel Girl. Like I've gotten to write uh, Constantine. I gotten to write awesome the the authority like I or I'm sorry Stormwatch sorry I like how I do that, um <laughs> I, in my head I was just writing the authority I don't I don't know I don't know what anyone else is doing, um like you know like I've gotten to write all these characters that I love and care about, um and get paid for it which is just awesome like it's such a fantastic <laughs> fantastic way to make a living and you know and, and it is hard like I think people there's a lot of everyone wants to write comics for a living or make comics for a living and and I understand it it's but it is still work and it's still you know I'm like as we've been on this phone call I've gotten like 12 emails that I have to desperately answer <laughs>
0: you
2: know like that's just what that's just what happens
0: yeah
1: so um another question from Twitter elwood toast says he's going to Emerald City Comic Con so maybe he'll he'll see see both of us he says he's never been to a con before what should he do um so what's what's the layout of Emerald City like is it how's it compared to like um, San Diego or or WonderCon or New York.
2: It's mu- again, like it's much more, you know. And I haven't been in two years, so this is from memory and from looking at the layout. Like it's this is much more about creators. Just take your time and you know go to do what you want to do first. Like the stuff you're excited about, you do that first, and then you have the entire weekend to just take your time and actually like stop and talk to everybody and look at what they're doing. Because I think you know what's again, what's 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 great about you know, the Twitter age and the, the Facebook age is that, you know, you have a much closer relationship uh, with, with you know, your fans. But I think at the same time, we also become myopic and we we see less. Um, so when you're at a convention, like instead of only doing the stuff you want to do, like I, like I always make a point to walk through Artist Alley, I always make a point to walk through the small press area. Like go out and actually see what other people are doing because people are doing, there's amazing stuff that is not, you know, the stuff getting covered on Bleeding Cool or is not the stuff getting covered on Comic Vine, just Comic Vine side of yours. Although you guys do a pretty good job of covering everything.
1: You try, yeah. And that, that, that's where I'm torn. So it's like, you know, it's just going to be me and a camera and, you know, I, I, can, I can do interviews. I, I could do, like, the, the off their mind stuff, you know, where I ask a bunch of you guys the same question and, and put those together, um, which I, I still have one left from Long Beach that I haven't posted I I should probably do that.
2: What do I do? I say something wickedly hilarious,
1: probably. Of course, I do.
2: I am pretty wickedly hilarious. That (laughs) would
1: make sense. Um, my my, actually, my my favorite was, um, I think it was last year at Long Beach when when I told you, I was was like, Yeah, you know, I just talked to to Brian, and then you're like, You like did like an imitation of him, like, you know, like sitting back in a chair, and and then that's exactly how he was
2: doing the doing the, (laughs) doing the like the nod, he does that sort of that gentle smiley, like smiley but not too smiley nod. Yeah. That guy's great, man. That that flash is so goddamn good.
1: Yeah. He's he's um, been on the show three times now.
2: That's a lot. You haven't done that many episodes. No. Like that is so he's he he owns like a sixth of your show. Yeah, this is a seventeenth so episode.
1: Like, but see yeah. he said that in his mind there's only been three episodes. Right. The other ones don't that's
2: count. Fair. Well he's very, he is an egomaniac, so yeah. that makes sense to me.
1: Um, and then the other thing at the convention is, like, you know, the cosplay and you know, pe- people like seeing a cos. I'm assuming there's going to be cosplayers.
2: I feel like it's not a big cosplay show, but I hmm. could be wrong.
1: Okay, well, that like in could... my
2: head, and in my like, in my head, the the takeaway from the show is always the creators. It's just there's so many creators, there's so there. many. That's no, right. Really, like, you're going to be amazed, man. Like, I, when I, you see I... it, even just like looking at the list does not do it justice. Like when you actually get there, and you're like, wow, that is everybody sitting next to everybody.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's it's crazy. So that that's where I'm just like it's just me. It's like, how am I going to do all this? And, you know, I'm, I'm trying to, I actually, I've, I've kind of been putting it off, which, you know, I know that it's coming up really soon and, you know, trying to just figure out my game plan. Cause you know, like one, like I said, it was, you know, am I going to take pictures? Am I going to do the off their minds? Am I going to try to do regular interviews? Am I going to do the, the art challenge, you know, where I, I get,
2: but aren't you glad you got me out of the way? So now you can just ignore no,
1: me. No, I can't ignore you. You know that. That's true.
2: I am hard to ignore. I mean, I'll start throwing shit at
1: you. Yeah. No, I mean, and, and if anything, because I, I, I like. See, here, here's the thing. I love doing interviews, but it goes back to that three month window. Right. So it's like you know, there, there's only so much that can be asked and so much that can be revealed. So then, you know, like yeah, interviews, interviews fall into one of two categories. They're either too much information or no information at all. So like. So, or, or
2: no, I'm sorry. Three categories: too much information, no information at all, or information that has already been dispersed.
1: Mm-hmm. So, like, like, like next month, you're probably gonna be able to talk more about Green Lantern Corps, which you know at this point you can't say much, right? So, it there's so that that's why I like the the off their minds because they're they're not timely and it's it's more right. you know the abstract whatever goofy ideas and you know so that way.
2: I think, but you can also focus on it because it's a creator-centric show. Why don't you focus on creator-owned? Like every, because everybody now, just about everybody, is also doing creator-owned books, and all of us are fine. Like I've, I've not heard anybody ever be like, "Oh, I can't talk about my creator-owned book because it's yours." Like, and especially those of us who work for Marvel and DC, having the freedom to be like, "I will say whatever I want," is delightful. (laughs) In case you can't tell by me making several proclamations over the past hour.
1: Um, another um, question from from Twitter. It's Mister Xbox Taylor. Wants he says, "How did he make I Vampire so awesome?"
2: Uh, I actually, uh, what I did is I hired a team uh, in Southeast Asia, and uh, I paid them a fifth of my rate. And I said, "Go to town. Just let them write whatever they wanted." And I sent it off, and Andrea made it make sense. Hmm. It was very straightforward. It's really that's actually how most comic books are made now. I don't, I don't know if people know that.
0: Right. Uh, Brian, Brian
2: Bendis is actually a team of eight-year-old girls, and what happens is when the girls turn uh, nine, they're executed. Mm. So that's just so we're clear. That's that's what you're supporting.
1: <laughs> now watch it make the news.
2: Yeah. Yeah. You would think, but you know, we're comics. We're under the radar. Yeah. Sometimes. No, I, I, you know. I, I think. <laughs> I think you know a joke, but I think a lot of why I vampire worked was that we were kind of under their radar Because um, the places like when the places where I'm like least happy with the book are places where they started paying attention to us and they like and, and it's it sounds like a it sounds like a negative thing, but it's actually nice, like they cared about the book and they wanted it to be successful um but at the same time, like this is not your typical comic book and trying to apply typical comic book logic to it and reasoning doesn't really work you know like it's a it's the book like I wrote the book like a like a tone poem you know like it's very much about emotion and feeling and not so much about plot um and because it's about emo- you know because it's about tone and feeling you get a much better sense of characters um you know and I just kind of put them in random situations I'd also recommend I love uh like I think the thing Robert Kirkman does brilliantly well is the end of every comic he writes, uh, the last page is just a complete reversal of everything you've seen prior. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I have stolen that for my own. Uh, and I look forward to one day having someone say, the thing that Josh Fialkov does really well uh, is that. Hmm. Say that, Tony. Say it now.
1: The thing that that Josh does really well. What was it? That's you uh, Danny. You're not even
2: listening. That's it.
1: It's too much information. I, 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 I'll have to rewind and, and, and write it, it down.
2: Hey, I hate to be a jerk. I have to go pick my daughter up. Okay. And hour 15. How's that? Or an hour, I guess.
1: Okay. Oh, you're yeah. lucky you dodged the next question because someone...
2: What's the... I can do one. Okay, we'll do one more question.
1: Uh, well, you what? can't answer this one. It's like, is there any book you would hate to work on? If so, why?
2: Your mom. The answer is your mom.
1: <laughs> Could you share any characters you expect to see in Alpha?
2: Uh, Thor.
1: Okay. Um... He's, on,
2: he's on the cover of Thor. So it's kind of... Thor is in four. Hilarious.
1: What are the challenges of writing a villain book like Red Lanterns? Which I, I think you touched on that a little.
2: Um I love writing uh yeah, we talked about that a lot.
1: Skip it. Okay. How does it feel to make Vampires Awesome again?
2: Uh pretty good. I think they're still awesome. I think American Vampire, I think uh American Vampire is awesome. I think Thirty Days a Night is really, really good. Uh Charlie Houston writes vampire novels that are totally kick ass. So I think there is good vampire fiction out there. Um it's just not twilight that's
1: all and it, it 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 was it was great but it was a little frustrating that uh, i vampire and american vampire came out in the same day
2: yeah yeah tell me about it it's, it's like welcome, yeah,
1: to, welcome I, to my life i got to try to review the all these books and it's it's like too many good books that i want to review you know
2: i like my favorite is when people would tell me how much they liked my book and then after 5 <laughs> minutes i'd be like oh no that's the other one <laughs> yeah
1: that's not me
2: and then they're like oh i'm sure yours is good too and i'm like eh god damn you you ruined it. I felt so good for like eight seconds. All right, dude, I do. I right. do. Lightning. Keep, yeah. you can Go faster.
1: So right, no, go no, fast. no. That's it. That's good. I'll, I'll, that's I'll talk. I'll talk to you it? at the what? at the convention.
2: What? what? All right.
1: And we'll find. Yeah. We'll, we'll do. Then, I'll give you. We'll get camera time.
2: And I think at the convention, I can actually tell you the other. I can tell you the other secret.
1: Okay. Cool. Then. It's, some, uh,
2: it's that I am uh, Spider-Man. That's actually the secret. That's not going to go. That you're not going to tell anybody, right?
1: No. So
2: what I, I while researching the book I tried to recreate the uh, the incident as it appeared in Amazing Fantasy, and um, it worked. And now I'm Spider-Man.
1: And you will be cosplaying a Spider-Man at Emerald City.
2: I don't have to cosplay as him, Tony, because I am him. You see, <laughs> so I don't need it. I don't need the costume. I'm just I'm me. Okay. What I have done with my power is nothing.
1: So there you go.
2: Uh, read Alpha. Tell everyone to read Alpha for me. You guys read Alpha.
1: I, and you know I will sweet all right
2: thank you so much man it's good talking to you yeah all right have fun buddy. Right. okay
1: bye all right thanks to josh for for his time i'm you know apologize for the abrupt um ending there he actually he he told me ahead of time he's he's that he's got like 20 minutes and you know that's why he said hour and 15 so he gave gave extra time um and again josh is a great guy read read his stuff you know um it's unfortunate about i vampire that that's gone check out alpha big time and I know a lot of people are saying I hate Alpha. I'm not going to read this, but you know, give it a shot. Check it out. And then you know, he's got Green Lantern Corps and Red Lanterns, which, like I told him, there's some pressure on, on that. You know, I I, I want to like Red Lanterns, so it, it's up to Josh. If, if if he can't make me like Red Lanterns, then I'm going to have to finally drop the book. All right. So for um, I, w- I also want to thank. I, I didn't get a chance to mention the, the people who I asked those last questions. So um, Skyjumper Mike, you know, he asked. Um, about characters that we could expect to see. Um, S- James Scott in 1978 asked if there's any books he would hate to work on. Uh, let's see, we also had um, Obi-Wan Kenobi ask about the challenges in writing um, a book with villains. And it was Comic Fix. David Lee asked how it felt to make vampires awesome again. Um, comic Fix also asked about what changes he planned to do with the Red Lanterns, which Josh talked about that. So I'm going to go through some more questions um, because I I, I I feel like I got a little little behind last time. I, th- I think with Brian, because Brian likes to talk, which is Brian lot last week, so we didn't get through some, as many questions, and I want to try to get caught up while I'm here, while you're here. Um, if you have questions for me and sometimes for the guests, there is an Ask G-Man video question thread in the general discussion forums. Um, as you may know, you might be aware, this originally started out as a video, the Ask and You Shall Receive answers videos. Those took a long time to edit, so I started doing a podcast, and that's when I started um, asking you know, guests to, to call in. So you can put some questions there. Also on Twitter, so you can at reply me, G-Man from Heck. Use the hashtag Ask G-Man, and I can get through those questions so I don't think I, I got to the Twitter questions last week. Um, if I'm repeating these because I'm totally blinking because it's been a crazy week. Um, you know, last week. Yeah. It's so I apologize if you're hearing these again, but maybe we'll see if my, my answers stay the same. So, um, Hutchins 84 said, would they ever promote or mention comic vine and big bang theory since y'all are part of CBS? If not already. Um, part of me wants to say I wouldn't, wouldn't count on it at least not yet. I mean, I wouldn't rule it out completely, but um, we are um, comic or we are CBS interactive. So uh, like, you know, comic vine, giant bomb, Gamespot, spot, um, CNET, you know, we're all, um, com- we're all, I keep saying comic. We're all CBS interactive. We are still, you know, part of CBS. We are all CBS, but it, we're just like a different division. So it, 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 it's not like uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to see you know, the, the cast of, of Big Bang Theory walking down you know, the hallways or anything like, like that. You know, I'm not going to see you know, Lucy Liu you know, getting ready to, to shoot a scene for elementary or anything like that. But you never know. I mean, because we are owned by the same company in, in theory at some point. But, I mean, we'd have to see. So I, I think it would be incredibly awesome if, if that did happen. So we'll, we'll have to see. I got to figure out who, who to ask, how to make that happen. So maybe someday. Uh, Deadpool tat guy says, is it safe to assume the mutant spider blonde girl in Avenging Spider-Man 16 is a Gwen Stacy clone because the Jackal is involved? Um, You know, I'm totally drawing a blank on that. So I'd I'd have to go back and look at that. Most likely, yeah, because, you know, Jackal has had a Gwen Stacy clone. I'm trying to remember what the, the latest... Um, what what happened with the, because years back, Gwen Stacy came back, but then it turned out it was a clone. And then, and then the, I think the clone was actually staying with, with uh, Miles Warren, who is the Jackal. And, and then she kind of went off on her own. And then I think maybe the clone was killed, but then there's another one. So I, I, I don't remember, but um, yeah, we haven't seen it. So we'll have to see if they do anything with that. Cause but it's like like don't don't bother with Gwen Stacy clone i mean at this point it's like don't even though it's it's not her you know cuz you, you don't want to bring Gwen Stacy back but to bring a clone back again i mean it wouldn't really serve any any purpose cuz also it's, if they bring a the clone back are are they going to age her is she going to be like you know older you know as old as, as peter is supposed to be now and not you know college age so that would just be be kind of weird um Deadpool tech guy says, Is it possible that DC announced a green team in the movement? This is from um February 15th as an April Fool's joke. I don't see how those titles would work. That's that's gonna be a big question. I mean, you you got some some peep on her. So um the movement is is Gail Simone and Freddie Williams. Um so that right there, you know, Gail is a respected writer, she's done a lot, so you know she's she's a selling point in herself. Um Freddie's art is just just amazing. Um, so, I mean, that right there is enough to get me interested. I, I don't know how I feel about the the topic. I mean, I'm definitely curious to see how it's going to play out in a in a comic book. And you know, the, there's there's got to be something more to it. You know, it's not just going to be like some you know, society preachy. You know, this or that. So we'll have to see. And as for the Green Team, um, that's another another odd one. Um, if if you know anything about like the the first appearance of the Green Team and all that, if if there's any connection there, and then with Art Baltazar and Franco, because you know they've done um, you know Patrick Wolfboy, they've done t- Tiny Titans, um, Superman Family Adventures, and they got oh yeah comics coming out, so they're known for the not, I don't want to say like funny books, but I mean they're humorous and and they're all age books. I highly 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 recommend Superman Family Adventures. You know it's coming to an end or Tiny Titans. I mean those books are great i absolutely love them and you know my daughter loves them it's it's literally it's it's not a watered down kids books i mean there's there's jokes in there that will crack you up you know it's especially as a comic fan i mean you're, you're going to want to see what happens there so i'm really curious to see how those guys are going to do you know in a new 52 book so you know we'll have to see how, how that that goes uh Elwood Toast says, Can Wonder Woman fly? The last page of Superman fifteen shows her doing so. Is this a silly, is this true or a silly new fifty two goof up? Now, she can fly. She's she was able to fly in different incarnations. Um, when was she did she first was she able to fly in a new fifty two that's a little unclear because we saw in an issue of a Wonder Woman where she got um, the feather, I think it was Icarus's feather, and you know so she can fly. That that's that's not a new thing. But I think in the early that that's where it's debatable, like where do these stories take place? You know, where does Wonder Woman series take place compared to Justice League and not now Superman? Because and I'm pretty sure she wasn't able to fly in the beginning. So at some point she learned how to fly, but then I don't even want to that um Elwatos also said, I think Wonder Woman happens after Justice League one through six, but before everything else in U-52. What do you think? You should ask Azarello. So that makes sense um because we know that there's there's a history between Wonder Woman and Steve Trevor that you know they did stuff like when you know the whole story about about Cheetah when you know they went on whatever mission and they met you know Barbara Minerva and and all that so it fits in somewhere I don't know. I don't think there's ever been a statement. So I don't know if anyone's ever asked Azarello about that. And I don't know if it's maybe it almost feels like it's something they don't want to specifically address. Like they don't want to pinpoint a time. They don't want to acknowledge because maybe if if the book was set in the past, people might be like, well, this isn't current stuff. But, you know, we haven't seen any mention of Superman in Wonder Woman. So I imagine we have to find out eventually, you know, we'll have to see. Um, Elwato says he's never been to con. What are proper etiquette for having creators sign books? Is there a limit, a number of books? Um, should I tip, etc.? Um, I, I don't know if you asked this on the other podcast, but um, creators are there to sign their books, and you know that's the difference between the the writers and the artists. With artists, they'll do you know sketches, commissions. Most of them will charge for commissions because you know that's that's what they're there for um some of them will do quick sketches or head sketches for free but most of them you know will will charge writers will not charge they they most likely will not charge for an autograph and you know and a lot of times they'll personalize it you know they'll say to Elwood toast um you know love whoever and so the, the thing is some people bring long boxes or like the short long boxes they'll bring huge stacks they'll sign them but that's where it starts getting a little little tricky because especially if there's a line and and if you know if you have like ten copies of you know whatever you know book X number one, it 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 gives the impression that you know you're just getting them signed. You're going to sell them on eBay or your comic store or whatever, and it's like you don't want to do that. And especially you know if there's a line because a lot of these creators you know they have other things to do. You know they 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 not not that they're not there for that but you know they have panels and you know other appearances other obligations so they they can't always you know sit at their table you know the entire time at a convention so but you know if if you have a like a handful of books you know they're going to sign it and and they are pros at this point you know where they can do they can sign their name they can do you know a uh, they uh what's what's the word i'm looking for they can sign it to you and do a message and all that and and like no time because they've done it so many times so Bring, bring you bring a bunch. Don't bring everything. You know, if if you are going to see, you know, Josh or you know whoever else, Matt Fraction, or you know whoever's going to be there, don't bring like your entire library of everything they've ever done. Just you know, bring the things that you think are really cool that you'd want their signature on. And you know, and as far as tipping, I I don't think unless they have a tip jar on their table, I, I don't you don't tip them. I mean. <laughs> I don't know I don't even know what you would tip them like you know what's because then you're basically saying you know if you give them a dollar five dollar your your signature is only worth a dollar or five dollars or you know so I don't know that i I don't think you do that but it's not, not a bad idea because that, that again that's the unfortunate thing for for writers they don't get to make that extra money because they're just signing but artists do get that extra um d c fox what post-apocalyptic earth movie. Are you more looking forward to after earth or oblivion? Um, I'd have to say after earth, you know, it's got Will Smith and Gary Whitta who, you know, if if you're familiar with the whiskey media sites, you know, tested and, and giant bomb, you know, he's, he's been around, he's been on our podcasts before. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm definitely curious about that oblivion. I'm, I'm not sure. Um, I'd say the jury's out. So, um, we'll have to see favorite post-apocalyptic story. Um, Without really thinking, first thing that came to mind was Escape from New York. That that was just a first immediate um it's, it's kind of post-apocalyptic, I'd say. Or, you know, Mad Max, you know, how how can you go wrong with that? Um Road Warrior. Um so yeah. Um Mark LaPage says just bought some recent Superman trades. Your thoughts um for Birthright and a whole new Krypton Um Last stand and War saga. Um Birthright is is great. New Krypton I liked. I I think some people didn't like that um last and war saga i uh, you know i'm i 'm drawing a blank on those just by the title but i i i do like i mean there there's some good good superman traits so i don 't know if you have other ones you know obviously everyone always says all star superman you got to get that or you know superman for all seasons um those are all good um d c fox again says do you think two d animated movies are dead um favorite non disney two d animated movies now here 's a tricky thing is because we We do get a lot of two d animated movies especially from d c you know we we like you know dark Knight returns was you know part one and part two were out i don't know if those really count because those are direct to video but obviously they have to be making money for you know d c to continue doing those and you know getting to all the voice actors and animators and all that um as far as in theaters, I'm trying to think what was the last two d movie cuz even Disney now cuz you know Pixar obviously does all the CG stuff but even Disney is starting to do that and and yeah so uh what what's the last 2D movie it can't be princess and the frog there's had to have been something after that i um as far as my favorite one
0: yeah,
1: this this is this is tough um um, yeah, I, I'm just drawing a blank. I I just did a a quick search and I, I see this interesting um, from Animation Guild blog. Um, they point out that Princess and Frog grossed three hundred million globally, um, and Tangle grossed twice that. So maybe it, it's on its way out. I mean, I don't know. It, again, it, it could be a difference between you know theatrical and and you know directed the video um it's i i i hope it's not dead i mean i i do like 2d and it would be great if we finally at some point you know see some animated marvel movies from disney and but you know would they ever do an avengers movie theatrically i i just i don't know if that would happen i mean it's it's weird that you know disney can do all these kids movie but it's like why not do an animated spider-man movie um I don't know if, if there's just some weird legal reasons you know because if well i guess with with that it's spider-man's a bad choice because sony owns the movie rights but let's i don't know i guess we'll only get get the direct-to-video it's, it seems like um let's see uh, um dj fanco brings up an interesting question um He said, any thoughts of doing an Invincibly Super Mass Economic podcast stuff with a community member? Um, I I don't want to rule that out completely. I wouldn't say no. The problem with that is it could be either a really cool thing or it could turn out to be a really awkward thing. Uh, Because, you know, part of the, there there would have to be like, I don't, I wouldn't want to do like a screening process because, you know, you have to make sure that the person has something to say. That you know whether they you know they have their own podcast. You know a lot of people have their own podcast. That guy Matt Elfring, you know, he is he's got his own podcast. So it would just be weird. And most of the people I've spoken to before, you know, I I have spoken to them already. So you know, there's kind of that established relationship because you know I don't want this to be like this big you know formal thing. You know, I want it to be kind of laid back where you know like you know friends talking. And then you know the other question would be you know would the technology work? And, and, you know, you'd have to be relying on that and hopefully, you know, there's no, like, you know, crash and burn in, in trying to make things happen. I'm not going to say absolutely not. I'm, I wouldn't rule it out. I mean, it would be good. But then the, the the question would be, like, how would I decide? How would I pick and choose? And say, okay, you know, I'm going to do this rare thing where I'm going to have one person on and then, you know, I, I guess it could be like a contest or something like that. So... I, I it's something I have to think about it, but I'm not going to rule it out. And I, I don't know. I mean, maybe in the comments, you know, um, people will, you know, say whether they think it's a good idea or not. So we'll, we'll see. Um, Tyler Typhoon says with a lot of successful live action comic book shows, what comic book would you like to see made into a live action show? Um, I, I think I've, I've answered this before. I'd, I'd like to see a Moon Knight show. That's the first one that, that comes to mind. I don't know how it would work, because you got this dude dressed in white, and you know he's out in, at night, and you know he's, he's a little unbalanced. And so that would be interesting. The what, what I don't want to see is you know, a, a lot of times when, when we get these shows, you know, there are certain compromises that, that have to be made. And I understand that, you know, you look at Arrow. You know, Arrows is is a good comic book TV show. It's not perfect, obviously, but, you know, it's it's good for what it is. Certain things had to been be, be, you know, changed. It It is a CW show, so there's, you know, certain things to expect that. You know, you get a lot more of the love angle, you know, the relationship stuff, which, yeah, there's so much relationship in comics, but, you know, you're just limited with, with what you can do. And, you know, like going back, you know, a lot of times the costume, like someone like Moon Knight, you know, how would that look as live action? You know, as a comic or even as as an animated, you know, show, you can accept that that, you know, here's a guy dressed in white, Wolverine in his blue and yellow costume. That would look ridiculous on the screen. So it would just be really weird. You you'd need someone that, that's more um realistic, I wanna say. Like, you know, you could do to Punisher. You know, we had Blade TV show, which didn't do well. So it would have to be something more like that. If if you got someone that can fly around. I mean, it, I mean, look at Smallville, you know, they, they tried to shy away from the flying aspect of it, you know, cause you need something that is not going to look too cheap, you know? So if it's more of a street fighter, you know, certain powers that, that could work. I, I do, And speaking of powers, it's like, I'd, I'd love to see a powers TV show. I, you know, I hope someday that happens. So, um, I'm surprised there hasn't been, and like an X-Men show like focus on the school like Wolverine and the X-Men you know do something like that with the kids in the school young you know so you, that way you can do like high school drama stuff and I know you know they try they to Generation X if you ever watched that pilot um, you might have an idea why it didn't work but it, it'd be interesting this, to see more so we'll have to see like what happens with S.H.I.E.L.D. how's that work are we still gonna get the Hulk um, TV show are we ever gonna get uh, the Jessica Jones Alias show so I don't know um, going to the forums, Necroisiel. this is his first post, um, says, hello G-Man, I'm a big fan of the website and it was your podcast that got me into comics. to started with Dan Slott's Big Time and before I knew it, I collected the entirety of Brand New Day up to issue 700, Amazing Spider-Man. Congratulations. I mean, that is impressive. Um, I'm also enjoying Superior Spider-Man. Promise problem is now, I'm feeling a bit lost. I want to keep reading Spider-Man but I don't know where to start. I've got a few amazing... Sp- Spider-Man Marvel Essentials in the first volume of Straczynski's run, but I don't really know what to read. So my question is, in your opinion, which Spider-Man story is essential reading for a Spidey fan? Um, thanks for getting me to read Matt Fraction's FF. You're welcome. Um, yeah, I mean, if if you could get the essentials, I mean, if if you want to know, like, who the core of the character is, and, you know, like, going back to, you know, to Stan Lee, Steve Ditko, just think that that's when a lot of the characters were introduced and some of the stories might seem a little cheesy now, but I mean, but they do have that classic feel so you can overlook that the Marvel essential books are great. You know, they're black and white. Those are like the little phone book things and they're usually like, like, you know, 10 or 12 bucks or something like that. And you you get quite a bit there. So those would be good. Um, And then when John Romita senior took over, you know, there's just so many great classic Spider-Man stories. Um, If you want to get a little more modern, it's essential but not super essential. Um Craven's Last Hunt, that's just that's a great Craven story and you know really looks at about with how Spider Man kinda changed and how he dealt with all that. And then there was a Grim Hunt, which, you know, years later was a follow up to that. Um the uh, Death of of Gene DeWolf, that that was a, a good one. It was um I think that's the name of the arc, um Sin Eater. Um Death of Gwen Stacy was was a big one. You know, Green Goblin stories are, are always big. There's been a lot of them. Um, and then, you know, just the stuff with Venom. Um, Secret Wars, there was a 12-issue miniseries. That's where Spider-Man gets the symbiote, the, the Venom costume. So there's so many good Spider-Man stories. So, um, yeah, you, you, I mean, you, you, it's impressive that you got caught up since big time, but there's there's still a lot more to read. Um, Shrimp Dino says, um, hello, G-Man and special guests. Sorry, Josh had to leave. Um, if Plastic Man got a new 52 comic book, who do you think should be the writer and artist? I did um, mention this to the Josh before we started recording. Um, I gave him this example, and he said he should be the writer. You know, he said anything he should be the writer. So um, he wants to write. I don't know. I'm, I'm joking. You know whether he really does want to write Plastic Man, but that's what he said. <coughs> um, it on Plastic Man. You know now that I think about it, that would be interesting. Um, but you know with Plastic Man. Because you know you you could take like the the kind of former criminal you know the little little shady aspect, but obviously you also want to have humor into it, so that that could be really really interesting. As far as the art, I would want someone with a you know very fluid style and you know what I call it like superhero comic versus like like someone like Jock. I mean you know I love Jock, I love his stuff. I don't I wouldn't want to see Jock do a Plastic Man, um series. So but but you know someone a little more, you know, not necessarily Greg Capullo, but, you know, something something big and bold, because, you know, you want to see Plastic Man, you know, changing shape into all these different things. That that would be, be really cool. Second question from Shrimp Dino. I'm tired of Batman Wolverine appearing in every comic book. What non-popular Marvel and DC heroes should be in five plus comics? Um, well, I mean, Captain America's making a run for it. He's, he's starting to appear in more. Um, who I'd want to see. I'm going to bring up Moon Knight. You know, he he would he would be cool to see in more. It's like, what is he even doing now? Um, As far as like, I I want to see more Madman, but you know, he's well, he's not Marvel in DC, so he doesn't count. Um, But then, you know, some of you just have to be careful because, like, if you take someone like Daredevil, you know, he's got a great run going on with Mark Wade's book, but then if he starts appearing in other books, gets gets a little weird. You know, like when he was in, um, I was gonna say he was in Vengeance Spider, but he wasn't, but. You just have to be careful, and and so that's kind of the good thing where you might have a this really cool character, character that you like, and you know, it's like yeah, you want to see them in other books, but then that that can, kind of have a bad effect. So I don't know. Um, and the third question: What do you think about *Guarding the Globe* by um, Todd Nock and Phil Hester? I love both those guys. Um, Todd's I, I love his art. Phil's a great writer. Um, the, my problem with *Guarding the Globe* is. Because I'm still, I'm sorry to say, not caught up with Invincible. So, I don't know a lot of the characters. I mean, I read the first couple issues. I haven't read the after that. Um, so, I'm just behind on that. Um, it, it's an interesting concept. And I like how we have all these characters. And, you know, it, it's it's accessible. So, even though I am so behind in Invincible, you know, I was able to read the first issue and get a feel for it. But I know I would appreciate it a lot more if I had, you know, a deeper understanding for the characters but um i mean people should definitely check it out i mean i i've liked what i've read so far Puppet master 75 so i just want to say i love the show thank you i was hoping you'd give me some suggestion on independent titles to get into i'm in the navy and getting ready for deployment and would love suggestions for reading materials first of all i want to apologize this was like over a month ago so i don't know if you've deployed yet if you have i i apologize for not getting to this this question sooner um he says I already read and loved Walking Dead, Haunt, um, Thief of Thieves, Fatal, and just started American Vampire. I feel like th- there needs to be more books out there, just not hearing about. Um so, you know, there's there's some since we had Josh on the show, um Echoes was was a great series. Um I think it was a six issue mini series. Very haunting. And he also did a book called Tumor, which was put out by Archaea. Um those are good. Um, Manhattan projects um from image that's that's um Jonathan Hickman that that's great um oh jeez now I'm I'm drawing a blank um punk rock jesus you know we had Sean Murphy on the show before i mean that that was good um you catch up on, you know keep reading american vampire you, you got you know several issues in the miniseries there um now now i'm what else i mean I mean you you say you're reading walking dead um I mentioned snapshot but that's not collected yet um I mean there's there's also hellboy I mean there there is there's some other stuff so I mean you you got a lot you got a good list so far so you know keep going with those pancho says Listen to your Ryan Stegman podcast and found out that you like Metal Gear Solid as a diehard MGS fan and or in celebration, of Metal Gear Rising come out next month in February, or this week, or last week, um, and Metal Gear Solid Ground Zero sometime soon. I would like to hear your experience with the series, your favorite games, characters, what you thought about the IDW comic series. Um, take a vacation, read some comics, you're, you you are busy, busy man. I, I need to take a vacation and catch up on video games. Um, yeah, so I... I'm aware that there's some some Metal Gear games coming. I just don't know when I'm going to be able to play those. So, like, I was uh, aware of, you know, Metal Gear on, on Super Nintendo, but I never, never um, played those. I mean, like, at NES. Um, but when Metal Gear Solid came out, I mean, that was... it, it On PlayStation 1, I mean, I just loved that. I, and then I just went through that whole thing and then started the second mission, you know, and, and then Metal Gear Solid two, you know, started playing that. Then it was a third one where I started playing and then that's where I never finished. And I, at one point is, so what was it? Cause I was on PlayStation two, I think. Cause then when I got a PlayStation three, I didn't have one of those memory card reader things. And I didn't want to buy one cause I just bought the system and some games. So, I, you know, I I started the game over, started playing again, um, started running out of time. You know, Comic Vine was, you know, taking more times. And then my PlayStation 2 died. Or was it my PlayStation 2 or maybe it was PlayStation 3 died? No, my PlayStation 3 died. I had to get a new one. So, you know, I lost my game saves. So I, I still need to finish that. I never got Metal Gear 4 again because of the time. I need more time to play um it, it makes me sad but you know I, I love comics and i love the site so um as far as the idw comics um ashley wood's art um i i totally dig it 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 took me you know a little bit to to get used to it um you know you you have that that style of art in like some of the cut scenes and you know just uh, the artwork from you know for the game but it's also different than like the regular in-game graphics, so that was always interesting. I didn't really like in the beginning how it was just kind of you know just retelling the story of the game, which was was fine, was cool. Um, I definitely want to go back and and reread those because they they were cool. And I, I you know we did uh, I did a like a crossover with GameSpot when we first started, where we looked at like some video game comics and you know how they stand up from like a comic readers' perspective and a video game players. I, I thought about doing. Like another round of that, and you know, spring up the Metal Gear solid, um, comics. So maybe we'll take a look at those. Mesmero says, "Who would win in a fight, Confederate Army Jonah Hex or U.S. Infantry Skinner Sweet?" Um, both are armed with a carbine rifle, revolver, and a Bowie knife. Jonah Hex does not have his scars. Skinner Sweet still human. Hmm. I think I will go with Jonah Hex. Um, I could be wrong there, but I'm going to go with that. Um, let's see. The Mess, 1428. With Supernatural now being published by DC, um, with that new miniseries released a month after launch in New 52, do you think it's possible to play Sam and Dean with Chester into the DC universe and eventually let them run into characters like Justice League Dark uh, members or some vampires from iVampire? I'm going to say probably not. Um, even though you know DC would put out a comic, I think there's still... Um, certain weird leak legalities that would prevent that from happening. Um, it's just like, I mean, you need to get approval. Cause I, I know like, I think it was when I forgot who who put out um X-Files comics, but then there was like a crossover. I think there was a X-Files in 30 days a night crossover or some weird thing like that. But you know, that needs to be approved by, you know, whoever owns, holds a license. So even though, um, and I don't know if if DC if Warner Brothers owns Supernatural because you know it's on the CW, but I don't think it, it they would allow that to happen because it's just another character. When like the Wildstorm characters came in, that's because DC acquired Wildstorm, so then they were able to incorporate them. And even even that it took you know New Fifty Two and Flashpoint to make that happen. So I don't see it happening in a regular comic. It could happen more likely in like some crossover book um you know like a mini series like that but i don't know if how to supernatural comics is doing that you know they would want to do a specific book based on that but i just i just think it, it would be like a a sticky mess to try to make that into uh you know bring those characters over and try to finagle all that um, the clairvoyant says, "I saw your video review of <laughs> oh, this is old one, of a Buffy the Vampire Slayer season eight comic. I have to ask, who is your favorite character from the series? Um, I like the angel. Um, I think David Boreanaz. Um, when he was on the show, you know Buffy show, he was he was okay. But then when he had his own show, I, I really dug that because it had a different feel. Um, and there's also um, Faith." Um whether it's the character or Eliza Dushku, I thought she was cool because, you know, Buffy was was alright and everything, but she got a little whiny, she got a little emotional, it was like this and that and you know, a little I don't know if I don't want to say emo, but it's always like I got this great burden, you know, I I'm in love with this vampire, but we can't be together and boo hoo and I gotta do this and sacrifice everything and oh now my mom's dead and spoiler and and I but I still gotta do this job and um, but with well, like Faith, because you know she she basically she kicked ass. She was tough. And you know I I might have to say Faith's my my, my favorite character. Um but yeah, I, I can't remember like, the last time I reviewed a Buffy comic. I should I should review some new ones. I, I think I reviewed a, a Faith and Angel comic that Crystal Scage is, is doing. Um and you know, this is gonna be our last question. I, I, I apologize. But Mad Majid David um, I think I read one of your questions on a pot- other podcast recently um, says sorry if these questions have been asked before but new to comics why is Wednesday comic book day that is just when it is um, I'm trying to think of at one point in the 80s I don't know if they came out on Fridays or not but I remember when I first started buying comics I thought that they came out on Fridays because I, I think like my comic store put out this like little flyer like a list that said you know here's the books that are coming out next week or something like that and I don't know, I I have this memory in my head because I remember it's like this green little, you know, pamphlet thing, like, you know, just folded in half. And I, I was always under the impression that the books came out on Friday. So I would go like after school and, you know, get the comics. And then somehow I found out, it's like, no wait, comics come out on Wednesdays. And I was like, holy crap, I could be buying these comics two days earlier and, you know, preventing, you know, certain books selling out before I get a chance to get there. Um I I just think that's that's what it is. And I think in in the UK they come out on Tuesdays cuz that's how sometimes you hear things, you know, stuff that happens. Um I don't I don't know what it why it is Wednesday. It's just it's the middle of the week, something to look forward to. You would think you know, putting it like see, I I guess cuz maybe if it was like a Friday or Saturday, it's like would people be able to cuz you know usually on weekends even though, you know, you don't have school and that stuff but sometimes people have other obligations. Like if you are in school, usually, you, you know, you work on a weekend. So you, you got to get to your job and you don't have a chance to get there. And as far as for the industry, maybe, because now that there's more, you know, comic book reporting sites and, you know, just news. If a book came out like like on a Saturday and then you're like, oh, wait, look what just happened in this book. You know, most people, besides, you know, not not me, I'm, I I usually am on. But, you know, most people aren't working on the weekends to report on these big things. So maybe there, and there could be another reason if there is someone, please you know respond. And I'm sure maybe if you do like a Google search or Wikipedia or something like that, there's, there's some strange reasoning, but it just seems like, you know, middle of the week that that's just convenient for a lot of people. So I don't know. Um, and then adamantium versus vibranium. Um, I, 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 I'm assuming you're saying, you know, which is better, tougher, whatever. Um, I, I if if I had to choose one over the other for some sort of weapon or something, I'd probably go with adamantium. Especially since vibranium recently lost its 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 um properties or whatever. You know, they there was some something ha I, I forget the exact details of it, but it's it's now inert. There you know, the vibranium of the world has been depleted and I I Black Panther might still have some somewhere, but Adamantium. That that's That's the strong one. That is the podcast for this week. Thank you for your questions. Thank you to Josh Philcov. So this weekend, um, you know, I don't know if we're going to have a regular podcast because I'm not going to be here Friday. And that means, you know, Sarah's on the East coast. Um, so she won't be able to record a podcast with Corey because Corey won't be able to get into the building if I'm not here. um, so, yeah, that, that you might not get another podcast. You'll have to listen to this one twice. But thank you for listening. If you are going to Emerald City and you see me, please, you know, say hello. Unless, you know, I'm if I'm in the middle of, of recording a video or something like that, you know, please be patient. But, you know, I'd, I'd love to meet you. Um, you know, so definitely say hello. Um, I, I should be at WonderCon as well. Um, that's the end of, of March in Anaheim. So... Keep sending in your questions. We are now on page thirty-one of the general discussion. The Ask G Man video questions. Ask him on Twitter, G Man from Heck hashtag um, Ask G Man. <laughs> Almost said best stuff in comics. That's that's the other one. Uh, and just just keep an eye on Josh Fieldkov. He you know he he he's a young whippersnapper. You know up and coming writer. Even though he's I think he said he's been doing it twelve years. He's a great great stuff. So, and you know one book I didn't mention is when. Um, last week, there's Greg Rucker writing Superman Batman, but Josh did this great Superman Batman. I think it was like two issues. I don't know if it was like issue 88 or so, 85 or one of my favorite Superman Batman um, stories because I, I I started hating that series at the end because the stories didn't matter. So, um, But Josh is a great guy. He's a great, great writer. Check out Alpha Big Time. I vampires out this week. The series might be ending, but... You know they're gonna go all out and you know finish their story, and then Green Lantern Corps and Red Lanterns coming up in what is it May June, so a lot of stuff from the guy. And he even said there's more stuff coming out. So hopefully this weekend we'll be able to you know post a video or something for him talking about it. Thanks for listening. Um, I will talk to you guys soon. All right. Goodbye. So my question, my question is, is who could, it could it be? We don't know. And I would like to the ask you which comic book the comic that's affected you most emotionally. Yeah, That's the question. I'll yeah. shake your yeah. head. Yeah. I love Alan Davis. This is a John issue. issue. I love Alan I love Davis. I, I wasn't a fan of this. Oh, this. What? Yeah. That's the question. You can't blame the immediate creative.
0: I give this a two.